0: So, uh, welcome to the I'm gonna say this is probably the third episode of Teaching River. Um Is there Wait. anything off the table like that you oh, talk about? No. Okay, good to know. Um, so River, you are 1,223 days old. And I have Christy and Kelly here.
1: Hey! Hey. Uh,
0: Alright, and um So, Christy, I wanted you to come and talk because you are quite comfortable with your sexuality. I am. (laughs) And (laughs) Kelly is certainly closed off, and not she's comfortable with it, but a different perspective. And I obviously have the male perspective. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, I... Is that obvious? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So, um... I um, would never want to say anything bad about her mother, but she certainly has, River's mom certainly has a closed view towards sexuality, and, you know, I want to just present a opposite side of that. Mm -hmm. You know, she might be a little different with raising a kid, but she was certainly...
1: I think that's really common, and uh okay. it's definitely something that I've noticed a lot of people are, even people that are comfortable joking about sexuality or even having sex regularly aren't comfortable talking about it in a clinical way um, and, or on the reverse side, it's way too clinical where um we're hearing you know from our sex ed teachers in sixth grade about intercourse, and we can't actually have like Comfortable conversations about it. So I think it's really common for women, especially to be uncomfortable talking about sex. So let's get comfortable Yeah, let's converse And then fuck (laughs) I'm just kidding (laughs) Um, (laughs) No clapping No clapping, it gives you the clap
0: um, (laughs) So for me like I grew up my sex was certainly not a shied away from discussion at the dinner table um, in general I mean my my mother bought me my first uh, pack of condoms
1: what was your family unit like like who, who did you so grow up with
0: family um, mom dad and sister okay um, pretty
1: balanced gender wise
0: yeah. And my mother is from Britain, so she, you know, they have a much healthier, much
1: European, they <laughs> European, yeah, much
0: different view to that. So like, right. it's never, it's never. I mean, we still at the, you know, um, when we have like game night, uh, we crack sex jokes all the time. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not weird. So you know, what was you? I know Kelly. What will get your perspective first of of you know, me and her have both been molested, so that definitely um, ties weirdness into sex. Uh, you know, for for example, for me, I was... I, I It just fucked me up, certainly. It gave me weird, you know, fetishes, and, you know, fucked me up in it. <laughs> <way>. Same. <laughs> uh, so
1: you've learned to enjoy it.
0: <laughs> you can talk at that distance, honey, but... Um, and... So, like, Kelly, what is your perspective? We talked in the first episode of... The fact that you know you didn't have the healthiest home life. Mm-hmm. So, what is sex? How do you find sex for you? Like, what? It, a sexuality is more the first discussion part of it.
1: How do you define sexuality? Interesting. I actually have a definition for that. Let me find it.
0: When do never... you?
2: Do I you, never really had anyone to teach me. Like, I didn't have that talk because obviously, you know, I come from a broken family. So I never yeah. really had anyone to guide me.
0: Okay. And then Christy. All
1: right. So um, this is something that I, I think is hilarious. Um, how did all of us get here? Well, through fucking sex, right? And none of us can really define what sexuality is. And in my mind, it encompasses everything that we do and all of our motivations um, as humans. So, like, anything I wear is probably motivated to some extent for me to be desirable sexually, right? And, like, what is...
0: Do you feel that that is...
1: No, no, I'm just using like a very oh, big yeah. example of like that's just the first thing that came to mind, and I can relate it so quickly to sex, right? So, like, how many other things in life can be related to sex? So, I actually have this um, definition of sexual from Google, uh, and it says relating to the instincts, uh, physiological processes, and activities connected with physical attraction or intimate physical contact between individuals. So, like, anything that physically attracts to people, be it physiological or physical or instinctual, like all of those, all of those behaviors that like are kind of subconscious are sexual in nature. And like, that's really overwhelming if you think about it. And so I think it's in turn very important, but we can't even talk about it or define it. And I think that's so funny because it permeates every single part of our lives. Um, so what does sexuality mean to me uh everything like everything
0: at what age do you start becoming aware because for from a male perspective besides you know certainly being less at a young age like kind of kicks that like weirdness and you start thinking (coughs) about that um but i would say like my first like foray into my sexuality was we used, I'm old enough that we had scrambled cable and every once in a while you catch a tit or like something on the, sc- on the scramble and I remember being downstairs late at night and like I felt something and it made me feel funny and then like not too long after that I'm sure in school I probably heard it of guys talking about jerking off so I, it's a funny story I remember I don't know exactly how old I am but I'm quite young I have a computer and I'm, I wanted to, for some reason, look up how to make a cherry bomb. And when I typed in cherry bomb into Google, wasn't even a thing at that time.
1: It Ask Jeeves. Me,
0: it Probably. <laughs> it brought me to a porn site. And I remember starting to touch myself. And my dad walked in the room. And he went, whoop, closed the door and walked away. And I was like, I've never. I, got-
1: too, grew up with the Internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I can't imagine what it was like before the Internet. Um. But uh, I remember watching movies and seeing, you know, it, during the rating, like adult content. And I'm like, what does that even mean? And I remember there being like dirty jokes being told. And my I have two older sisters and and my mom. That was my immediate family unit. And um my dad I saw on the weekends. And I just remember them making dirty jokes all the time. And I didn't get it. And I remember that kind of knowledge, like sexual knowledge being so unattainable. And it frustrated me. Um, I, I remember what age, I I mean, maybe seven or eight, you know, you know, just starting to kind of be aware that there was, uh, a realm of information that wasn't available to me because I was too young and that was for adults. So for like, my experience is like, I want to be an adult because I want to be in on the secret. Um, from, I mean, my mom had the sex talk with me when I was nine and which is pretty young uh she like drew diagrams and shit and and my mom was pretty uh, i had a really lucky you know experience with with talking about sex we were really open about it my sisters told me mostly everything beforehand how much older are your sisters my sisters are three and six years older than me so my 12 yeah my 12 and 15 year old sisters were able to like kind of walk me through that um and I was, op- I was allowed to ask questions, you know, that wasn't taboo in my house. And, and that's, I'm so grateful for that. Cause that's not everybody's experience. Um, that being said, she gave me the talk when I was nine, but I had no understanding of it. Like oh, yeah. she explained to me that I'm going to have my period and that jello blood chunks are going to come out of my vagina. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she like <laughs> explained the fallopian tubes and that ovum and all that shit. And I was like. I'm sorry, what? So that was not something that I really could understand at the time. Maybe it was too early. Um, But I knew that boys had pee-pee tails because I had seen one because, like, we had a kid that was babysat with us that would always, like, take out a shit and, like, touch us with it and stuff. (laughs) Uh And I didn't even understand, like, what that was. I just knew I wasn't allowed to see it and that that was his privates, and he was supposed to keep them private, and I'm pretty sure he's in an insane asylum now, so neither here nor there. Point is, um, when I was 12, I had already realized that if I touch my vagina and rub it up against objects in the household, that I would come, So, and I looked up some things on the –
0: See, that's that's on my side. I definitely jerked off for a long time without any – completion oh i mean
1: completion it <laughs> takes a long time to get to like it was a solid three years before i right so it, it you know i touched my like in the shower i remember taking a bath and like scooting my ass up to like the faucet so that the water could run on my kuka and oh my god that i still would like to, i don't have a bathtub right now i would really like to enjoy that today but um and yeah, until I was 12, like, I knew that there was something that felt really good that, like, nobody was really talking about, and I understood in my sixth, sixth grade health class that, like, intercourse was, like, plugging the P and the V, ejaculating, and getting the fuck out. And in hindsight, it wasn't very far off, you know? You meet a two-pump chump, and that's exactly how it happens, but I didn't understand why people would do that if they weren't trying to have a baby, Mm -hmm. but, and I couldn't make the connection between having sex and me playing with myself. Like I couldn't understand that like other people doing that for me was what sexuality was. Right. And like, um, it wasn't until I asked my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Buckaloo, I said, Mr. Buckaloo, I understand what sexual intercourse is kind of, but like, I don't understand why people do it if they're not trying to have a baby like why are condoms a thing at all like I don't I genuinely don't understand this and I I was like really embarrassed to ask him this but again my upbringing was there are no questions that are stupid so I asked him and he was embarrassed <laughs> and he goes oh, well the intercourse is the thrusting of the penis and the vagina uh, and I was like how like for how long and he goes about an hour. <laughs> and I was like, "What? Why do people do that?" And he goes, "Because it feels good." And he was like, "I got to go to lunch." And leaves. And I was like, "Oh my god, it feels good. Like sex feels good. That's why people do it. But it's also nothing comes nothing feels good that doesn't come at a price. So there are dangers that come with sex and like I think a lot of sex ed teaches us all the dangers but doesn't really tell us like Sex can be really positive and like with every good thing, there's some bad things. So yeah, there's STDs and there's abuse and and there's ways that sex can be used really badly. I mean, look at advertising, you know, but, um, but at the end of the day, we do it anyway and we're going to do it anyway. It's instinctual. So I think it's important that, that we're comfortable talking about it so that we can use it more for good.
0: Yeah. So, Kelly, with the fact that you don't have much schooling and a broken home and no internet, where <laughs> does what is your perspective wow. on this?
2: I mean, I've always read and I've always loved to read, so I researched everything. Like you were saying, your mom had to talk with you about your period. I didn't have any female to turn to about that. So, I mean, I would, I would just read and I would research endlessly about things, you know. Like, like first
0: researching and what, though? Because like yeah, I what remember, were your
1: resources? Yeah,
0: like, for me, I remember I, I got my basic sex education pretty much from my parents in movies because they never censored us for movies. And then, like, when I realized I wanted to pleasure a woman properly, I went to anatomical books and learned. So, is it, you know, I mean, these are fucking, you know, medical books to try and figure out what... Parts book what, you know, so what are you reading at the time? Love novels,
2: dictionaries? Yeah, a little bit of everything, pretty much. Books? Yeah, just in general, everything I could get my hands on.
1: Do you remember like a specific lesson being like, oh my God, I didn't know that before and I know that now, or like I didn't understand what that was and now I understand what it was, like a certain romance scene or something?
2: I mean, as far as like not that, but as far as like the masturbation thing, I really was a very late bloomer. I didn't like start masturbating until I was like sixteen, and I didn't lose my virginity until I was like nineteen.
1: What did you masturbate with?
2: <laughs> um, righty, my right hand. <laughs>
1: no, no water. That was it. Oh my god! It was like
2: yeah. nothing like that. No, nothing fancy. One time, I
1: put a sharpie pen in my asshole did you really 11
0: 11
2: oh how did that work out
1: for you really well (laughs) did it really wow that's all you need
0: (laughs) 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 i don't disagree Um, but it certainly took me probably till my late 20s to feel comfortable enough to branch into that area i remember like one of my friends
1: i don't um, think i had put anything in my vagina yet at that point yeah, no, because I, I thought that you could get pregnant, but I didn't yeah. understand the first, like, I didn't, I knew all the bits of information because people told me, but I couldn't put it together. Do you, now, you know what well, I
0: mean? So, you, the, that sparks the thought in my head of, I grow up with two parents who have no religion, no God, really. Oh. So, they're, <laughs> it's very educational and very dry and straightforward and very jokey, too, Um and so then I feel that's probably why like there's certainly shame attached to it, but that I would probably attribute to the sexual abuse. But like there's no shame around it. You growing up, I'm assuming in a semi-religious household, is there shame?
1: Interesting assumption. Um, yeah, assuming
0: only because so you know your dad. My
1: dad. I didn't grow up with my dad, uh, and and it's interesting. Um, so. I grew up with my mom and my two sisters, and my mom always had a husband of one variety or another, right. and um, and my mom always, like, it was just a female-run household. My mom always made the money. If she had a guy there, he, like, mm-hmm. it was my mom's house, mm-hmm. right? So um, she made the rules. There really wasn't religion. Depending on who she married, she would go to church for them or not, but it, there wasn't it was, it was definitely jokey and clinical. It wasn't, okay. it wasn't religious. Now, on the other hand, my dad's side, on the weekends, I would see my dad. My dad and my grandfather lived together. Um, interesting thing. My aunt had a baby when she was 15 okay. because Catholicism does not uh, believe that abortions no, that are that abortion. right. Okay. Um, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Let's just say that 15-year-olds are children and should not be mothers. Um, I'm going to go on the record there and say that 15-year-olds are babies and should not have babies. Uh, that being said, yeah, so when I was actually 14, which is how old my aunt was when she got pregnant, my dad, it was my 14th birthday, and my dad picked me up for the weekend, and we were driving up north, and uh, he we were listening to Neil Young, right? And uh, he turns it down, and he goes, Chris, you're not doing eh with boys, are you? And I just, like, my face got so hot and red, and I just, like, went to the window, and I was like, no, dad. Mm. And he's just like, all right, good. And then turned up, helpless, helpless, helpless. helpless. <laughs> and, it, oh, my God, it was – so that was the whole conversation. And since then, and my dad and I are very close. We spend a lot of time together. I live with him now. Um, we do not address sex. We act like it doesn't exist. And frankly, I think that's an appropriate way to handle sex with your dad. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my, you know, my mom, on the other hand, I was just in Tampa visiting my mom and, um, I was just in Tampa visiting my mom, and she told me that uh, butt sex gives you hemorrhoids. So, you know, I don't know how good it is that we're that open, but my mom's side of the family is open, and I'm happy to have, like, those females in my life. And a lot of my friendships have developed into, like, very sexually open conversations, which is good, because you want to, like, bounce ideas off people and, you know, see if what you're doing is normal and appropriate and, like... What's that?
0: Probably most of the education that I got, it, obviously not healthy, but from friends.
1: Right. It, of course. I remember the first day that my mom, you know, drew me in my notebook, gave me the talk about our periods. I told all of my friends, I educated them about what getting our period is. Now, was I a reliable source mm-hmm. at nine years old? Probably not, but you know what? I probably had more information than anybody else they were getting it from at the time. So it's, it's important that we're, I think, an informed society. So
0: is, you know, is the period talk and sex talk normally in the same?
1: Thing? Uh, Yeah, I think, um, I think that once I have my period, I can have a child. So okay. I that should be protected mm-hmm. in terms of my information about sex. Like, God forbid, I, you know, mm-hmm. God forbid anything. Ha- I mean. We don't want babies having babies. And some of my friends got their period when they were seven years old. Some of my friends got their period when they were 17 years old. You know, I think, uh, I mean, it's only natural. Your body develops at that time. So, um, you know, you kind of instinctually and and physiologically become horny, for lack of a better word, when you hit puberty. So when you get your period, it's a good time. You're already thinking all these things and, and feeling these emotions. It's probably a good time to talk about sex. Okay.
0: Now, probably the greatest lesson my parents drove into my fucking head was condoms. Hmm. That, like, that, if I were to Hmm. think back and go, what did they teach me? It was condoms. I mean, like, I would get home um, and there would be, I had so many condoms when I was, I wasn't even having sex yet and I was getting condoms, you know, because they just drove that in and I didn't have um, unprotected sex until... I was married. Pro- Honestly, it was only until we decided to have River. I'm sorry that River that you're hearing this, but I mean that's the point. Is we don't want to be uncomfortable about it. The first woman I had unprotected sex with was her mother, and then well, now
1: I cannot say that I've been that diligent with condoms. And I, you know I am ashamed to say that. Um, all right, how do I be a positive influence but also honest? Um, all right, I. You know, my parents didn't drive home condoms. Mm-hmm. Condoms are expensive. they're inconvenient. They can ruin the mood, they're uncomfortable. And also a lot of times guys A lot of times guys don't want to wear them, and also, I don't want to wait for them. I'm not responsible. but my, um, my mom was, I think the most important thing that she drove home was like, always talk about it. If you can't talk about it, you shouldn't be doing it. Mm. um that that, with the partner talk about i mean well with anybody if 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 it's something secretive or i'm keeping it in i probably have some unresolved issues you know with whatever it is so um that was really drilled in you know the communication was key and communicating with your partner is a huge thing i've had to have really uncomfortable conversations um regarding sex uh you know i um be it you know hey uh, I have the clap and uh, it's a two pill fix it's really easy but definitely get that checked out you know uh, having to call like eight people in a row saying that same thing you know it's not great but being able to communicate is important Um, also like Physical um, health. I my mom always was like, go to the gyno. I I went to the gyno as soon as I got my period. I got my first Pap smear as soon as they recommended. And
0: Pap smear, by the way, oh, I
1: would love to explain it to you. Okay, so um, basically, what happens is, uh, how do I? All right, so imagine a metal pipe just being inserted into your vagina hole. And then uh, splitting in two so that they can yeah, the, view uh, through.
0: Forget what that's called.
1: That's speculum. That's the specula, mm-hmm. speculum. speculum. The spec. Okay, so so they they mm-hmm. like that, and um, I hope that the audio mucus, right? visual. What's that? Cervical
0: mucus, right?
1: Yeah, they swab you, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, cervical mucus is a very very. Um, <laughs> Fun term. Uh, there's so much in there. Uh, I don't know what it looks like in there. All I know is that you have to, you go into a room and they give you this lovely little paper dress that you put over your your lap and you just sit on the examining table like a proper lady and then they put these, they go, and they take out the fucking stirrup. heel stirrup things and you put your legs up and then all of a sudden you do not feel like a lady and, uh, and then they do that. And then, uh, and then they swab you, and hopefully they don't see anything, and, um, and you don't make eye contact with the doctor ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two weeks later, you get a phone call from the receptionist who says you have chlamydia.
0: Is that what the check, that's what... No,
1: it's here. for, like, everything. So it's for, like, cervical cancer, obviously. They examine you. Um, they take, you know, swab tests or... or I have no idea. I'm not a doctor, but it's uncomfortable, but it's necessary. It's preventative care. Everyone should have one. Um, I don't think you're supposed to have them until after your virginity. Is that right? Like after you, yeah. So I didn't, I I went to the gyno for the first time, I think when I was like 13. Um, and she (laughs) did not do the whole pap smear. She just did the, um, she, she was Yugoslavian and she said I will now do internal exam
0: and, internal.
1: <laughs> and uh, she says um would you like me to stick my finger in your vagina or is it a and I was like vagina <laughs> I said it so fast I was like I don't know um so I got fingered by a doctor that day but I was still a virgin I think so that's fine um yeah, I don't know. It's just important to, like, always do preventative stuff. That way, like, your body's taken care of. You can't, like, rely on whoever your sexual partners are to tell you if they have some funky issues. It's important to keep yourself clean. It's, it's just important to know what the fuck's going on up there because, honestly, I still have no idea what's going on up there. I have yeast infection right now as we speak, so that's fun. Solid. Yeah, I have a pill for it. That should be over the counter on the record.
0: So that brings up another thought of um, virginity. Losing the virginity, I'm sure, from a female's perspective, it's much different than for for a guy. It was. I mean, I wasn't very. I was never really like a let's, you know, just get it done sort of thing. (laughs) That's kind of a lie because it was. I. So my story is, I was date. I was kind of dating uh, this girl for a long time. We we weren't like, you know, officially together. Um, at the time, my best friend, Beth, um, she took my virginity so I could fuck my friend and not be a virgin and take her virginity.
1: Wow. <laughs> um. I have so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. Um, well, Go ahead. Uh, it's just funny that, like, there's this concept of virginity that, like, there's this it's this idea that like having sex with a man will change who I am. It didn't because I lied about losing my virginity. <laughs> like it, it didn't. You know what I mean? It didn't matter. Like it didn't actually make a difference. Really I lied about like it. I li- Like I so I chose the experience that I was like that's my virginity. Like you know what I mean? So, so okay. So, Something
2: you were comfortable with. I
1: was yeah. Okay so. I became a self-proclaimed make-out whore because I loved kissing people and I loved drinking alcohol, and um, those things go hand-in-hand, hand. and then I accidentally um, gave or I, I gave a couple guys head and didn't... Re- wait, wait <laughs> yeah, how do you, you accidentally It was actually... So, okay, what happened was I was at a party, and I was a freshman in high school, and these... I was at a freshman in college's party. Um, I'm going to use names. Yeah, yeah. first names, first names right? Like. <laughs> so um, I was at this guy George's house, and my then si- he was a freshman in college. I was a freshman in high school. Um, his his friend Travis, my sister was hooking up with. She was a senior in high school. Travis was a freshman in college, right? So these guys are 19. I am 15, Mm -hmm. right? So uh, we know where this is going. So um, I was really drunk, and I gave Travis head in his car and then threw up. So that that ended our (laughs) romance. Um, That I did kind of consciously. I I vaguely remember, like, deciding that I was going to do that. It was the third penis that I had ever had in my mouth. Um, and I wasn't good at it, right? I'm um, sure. I'm I sure. Right. The night, I, so whatever. I um, um for a long time. right, right. So I, it wasn't until recently that I developed some kind of skill and I will say skill comes with, you know, practice. not practice, but practice with someone you're comfortable with, mm. you know, uh, I practice with, a, I, I thought for a long time and this was the beginning of that time I thought for a long time that if I practiced with a new person every day, because guys are allowed to do that in my, or at least in my culture, guys were allowed to have a one night stand every night of the week. And there was, that was something to be proud of. And I wanted that. So I thought, okay, why can't a woman do this? And so I'm claiming, that's why I called myself a makeout whore. I was claiming the stigma, I guess. And um, so I gave Travis head, and then I throw up outside his car, and then he takes me back to the party, and then I fall asleep on the couch in the party, and then I wake up, and nobody's at the party anymore, and Travis is on the couch next to the couch I'm on, so I go over, and I start giving him head again, and I look up, and it's not Travis, so... That was fun, and uh, it followed me for a little while. Luckily, I moved to Philadelphia like three months later, so it didn't really matter, uh, which is also a reason why I was like, I don't care if you call me a whore, because I've never talked to any of you again. Now I live here again. Great. So um, that was a kid, Mike, and I had no idea that that happened until the next day when, huh, my boyfriend found out. So, okay. And then I broke up with my boyfriend. I was like, it's you, not me. And then everything was fine and dandy. I kept going to that house to go to parties and I ended up making out with and getting eaten out by George, the guy who owned the house who we had parties at. Now he was 19. I was 15. I had already hooked up slash given head to two of his 19 year old friends. And then George and I are like an item. Now people know that we're like, Kind of, it, when we go to a party, no one's allowed to hook up with me except for George, right? That's the yeah. given thing. At the end of the summer, he's like, you know, if we're not going to have sex, I don't really want to do this. And I was like, mm, but I don't really want to have sex with you. Now, I wanted to lose my virginity to my ex boyfriend who I broke up with because I gave Travis head. Mm-hmm. Because we had this long relationship, he, like, taught me how to be fingered, and I learned how to give head on his wiener, and, like, also, I jerked him off a lot, so I was really good at jerking off, and, you know, I, I, in my head, I wanted to lose my virginity to Dylan, and George was like, oh, but whatever, so one night, I was very drunk, and George was eating me out, which feels good, and so he's like, can I put my wiener in you, you know, paraphrasing, and I said, uh, I think so, I, like, I th- I'm pretty sure I verbally consented, so he put it in, it was large, and it hurt, and I said, also, he had my legs all the way up, like, that's the worst thing ever to do to someone, you know what I'm saying, like, all the way up here, it was so tight, it was horrible, so, so I said, ow, this hurts me, take it out, and so he did, and like, there was no thrusting, according to Mr. Buckaloo, Intercourse is the thrusting of the penis in the vagina. It takes about an hour. People do <laughs> it because it feels I good. None of this was true. Okay. It didn't last an hour. Yeah, yeah. It didn't feel good. And there was no thrusting. There was one insertion and we were done. So um, my definition of sex was not had. Okay. So that's it. I mean, I'm actually justifying that now. At the time I was like, Oh my god, I was lost every day. You know, I was freaking out and I felt horrible. And then I was like, you know what? this doesn't actually matter. Like this doesn't actually take anything away from me. I choose, you know, if I keep a clear headspace, I can choose who I want to be around to some extent and I can like kind of manipulate the story a little bit. So uh, a few weeks later, I happen to be at a party and my ex happens to be there. uh, Dylan and him and I weren't speaking. We weren't on good terms. We had no intention of like being together and we go back to my friend's house and we, have sex consensual sex with a condom and it felt good and it lasted eight minutes and there was thrusting and um and it was perfect it it was really perfect so like that was my virginity and i choose it and um i hope he lost his virginity too i don't know that he did and i still would like to know okay but, and, but I don't know that that really matters. It's just, I think what it is, is that I, I know that I chose who I lost my virginity to, and I want to be his choice. Does that make sense? But other than that, virginity isn't real. It's all just ego. Yeah, yeah. I, I
0: agree.
1: Right? I agree so, you know, I think this creepy guy, George, just wanted to take my virginity and desecrate my body. And I refuse to let him have that.
0: So, Callie, what is your experience... Of losing your virginity.
2: I lost my virginity to um, actually Don. Okay. And we were in a relationship for almost a decade.
0: Before losing the virginity? How long into the relationship? Not that it matters, but how long are you with him before you guys have sex?
1: Wow. Because I was very reserved.
2: Well, not even that, just untrusting, and it just didn't feel real, Feel right to me. Is fooling around going on?
0: You know, driving yeah, I mean, around? To, to... Yeah,
2: that's going on somewhat, but it's just not, like, it doesn't feel, I've never actually enjoyed it, sex with a person. Like, I just felt very, very closed off. So with Don, like, being with him so long, I just thought that's the way it was. I really did not enjoy it at all.
1: That upsets me that, like, you don't get to enjoy that.
2: Well, I don't think I was... I definitely had trust issues yeah. yeah, from my childhood, so I was not, you know, and that's something I'm sorry about because he was a good person. We didn't, you know, necessarily we weren't good for each other and we did eventually split up, but I, it wasn't fair to him. <laughs>
1: He, he chose <laughs> to be around you. That, 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 it, that, that, well,
2: no, but still, it wasn't fair to him because I wasn't open with him at all.
1: About why you had so much discomfort with the whole...
2: Just, I did not feel comfortable with anyone sexually. Like, I didn't even feel comfortable with Mike sexually. What
1: about kissing? Is that sexual to you?
2: Um, to me, kissing is sometimes more intimate than sex. Are,
1: you're able to separate that then. Yeah. Okay. I to me everything like sexual and intimacy are so intertwined, maybe to an unhealthy extent. So like I'm curious to know like which where the line is for you between like sexual and appropriate. I, I can't answer it for you. Like I yeah. know, like so, I would assume, like for me, any physical touch can be perceived pretty sexually. Um, you know, you get a hug from somebody, and their and their hands like a little too well. Your back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, do or you know, are, what what do you think is your line? Because I think everybody has a different line of what's like what's mm. sexual and what's not. And I think sexual is like. If 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 someone touches me what in what I perceive as sexually. Yeah. It's either sexual or non-sexual and it's either if it is sexual it's either okay or not okay. Mm. And the okay or not okay is whether or not it's welcome. Mm. So like sexual is maybe an area on my body or maybe it's the length of a hug like the time period or or maybe it's the frequency with which somebody keeps touching your arm. So you know?
0: I ask of, um, like, for me, sexual can certainly be those things, but it, it, it's much more of the intention at the time. Okay. Or, I don't know if that's the male perspective or not, but, like, really, like.
1: So you're saying your intention while you touch someone. So you're the, the agent. Your
0: intention towards me. Right. Because so how I'm do I read more. your
1: intentions? Say that again? How do I read your intentions?
0: Well, I would be open about it, but like okay. for example, um, one of my best friends, she's gay. Mm-hmm. We, we we hug, we cuddle. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, neither of us. Are I
1: friends. have had platonic we're cuddling.
0: Close, we're we're you know, and and that would certainly be sexual between me and Kelly, but because right. We, because me and hers intention are very clear that I don't want to fuck her and she doesn't want to fuck me, but we want to, you know, be comfortable or because we are comfortable. I
1: I think so that it does boil down to like verbal communication at some point because um I I have had platonic cuddling and it's it is really different and it's not the it's not defined by the kind of touch. Necessarily.
0: I I think for me, like it kind of gets that definition because one thing I remember um, my grandmother saying and and really drilling into me, my father's side, uh, was she said, You don't ever touch a woman's hand, you don't go to hold a woman's hand without asking first. Mm. You don't hug without asking first, and you never. You you always ask for the first kiss in a relationship, mm. and so that has always been quite drilled in. Me I,
1: I think I'm that's cool. a great lesson.
0: Yeah, I'm very glad that she did that because, it, you know. As, I, I, I
1: think, think that's like, lacking. I think a, a big thing with the, the whole sexual harassment um, climate that we're in right now is that so many people aren't trained to do that. Um yeah. Not that like it's intensive training needed, but so many people aren't inclined to just ask, can I be in your personal space and have that initial communication and they don't understand the value in, in how much more that connection can be worth it. You know, like if I, if I ask you gain your trust and you allow me into your bubble, how much more special is that? Absolutely. Right. And, and. It took me a really long time before I could even understand the value in sex that's more than physical. For me, it was just physical. How do I give a good blowjob physically? Mm -hmm. I wanted to know does it have to go in deep or does it like, can I just go on the tip? Now then. So now it, the added level that makes it feel even better and be safer is the communication and most of it's verbal because we can we can communicate physically so long as we have an understanding right like I mean there are there is body language and stuff that people are like oh well I didn't know that I was sexually harassing her because you know I thought that was just normal, and she was giving me signs that she wanted it. And like, there's all this bullshit. And it's like, did you ever ask her if she, if you were welcome, or did you just make her feel uncomfortable? And she never said that you made her feel uncomfortable. Yeah, is it a, always it up to me the
0: crazy? Because I work currently where I work, like there's an older guy that I don't think he wants to fuck any of the girls. Mm-hmm. I think if they offered, he probably would, but I don't <laughs> think that's his intention. But he is super. Into the women all the women's personal space and some of them don't appreciate it and like that I have seen for a long time and and I I, You know that drives me fucking crazy. It
1: seems that it's always up to the uncomfortable person to speak up about their Uncomfortability rather than the comp like if I'm coming to you and I want to touch you. I'm not uncomfortable. It should be my responsibility as the comfortable person to say, can I make you uncomfortable? You know, I mean, for fuck's sake, it it should be the person with the confidence who speaks up. Isn't that just... It's funny that
0: you say that because I think about, like, when I first got sober, um, I went from hating people to loving people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in NA, so I'm very used to hugging and, and that environment. And then I realized in the normal world, I can't pin it to a certain scenario, but I remember making the connection in my head about three years ago where I went, you know what, I'm going to say, I'm a hugger. Do you mind? Yeah, that has helped me because I've certainly had people go no 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 and I was like oh, okay let's shake hands.
1: I I just had a hug yesterday that I was trying to give someone that didn't want one to the point where I ha- I remembered and snapped into it and said, "Can I hug you?" And then it was fine. But it like me the body language wasn't sufficient cuz I didn't know this person well enough and I'm so I too am so used to hugging people that I don't know don't care about don't like I, I don't know if you got bugs, you know what I mean, but I'll hug you anyway. And you know it's it's difficult to be conscious and I think what's important too is that we allow people like you know if you don't say oh can I touch your shoulder and you touch someone's shoulder like that's forgivable like we can forgive people and this is a learning process and like nobody's going to be perfect and perfectly conscious of you know how they are physically intimate with other people I mean it's it's difficult and it's kind of everyone's journey that doesn't I mean, it, certain things are unforgivable, but like, it's okay to make mistakes. I, I guess is all I'm saying. Like, so this is
0: the area of interest that I have in in you is how do you get to um, this evolved look towards it is it a generational thing that you're that it's been pushed Mm. a little bit more and talked about or you know how do you evolve evolve to this
1: well thank you for calling me evolved because literally no one has ever um (laughs) if anything i'm a fucking neanderthal but um no i think um i think i had from the get-go an absurd curiosity for sexuality i always wanted to ask those questions again i always wanted to be part of the club and i i wanted to know what adult content was like i specifically remember that urge and um so you know in my curiosity i've asked a lot of questions that maybe other people haven't answered or haven't asked but um i think my biggest mo um and the thing that I've gotten the most reward from is trial and error. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been hurt. Luckily, I I haven't been abused mm-hmm. um in, in a way that's debilitated me. Mm-hmm. I've had horrible situations happen. I've, I've had, I mean, I just talked about statutory rape, but you, you know, it's, yeah. Luckily, nothing horrible has happened to me, which is luck. That has nothing to do with me or my choices.
0: Yeah, I was reading a statistic today uh, because I was listening to another podcast that just happened to come up. The discussion: one in six males right now are get abused, and one in four women get abused <laughs> in childhood. It's
1: it's so common and and it's horrible. It's but
0: 2019. right.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we're supposed to be a pretty progressive society and and it's just not. People help themselves to what they want and people have certainly helped themselves to me. Um, I used to be a blackout drinker and I've been in countless situations. I mean, I couldn't possibly tell you all the people that have helped themselves to me. And I'm not proud of that, but the... Thing that I think has helped me to evolve is I don't stop trying and I don't stop seeking my satisfaction. People have certainly gotten satisfaction from me, and I will not be stopped to find my satisfaction. You know, I'm always looking to come harder and longer, and that's not going to change. I don't think. Um, I I used to be. It, that used to be kind of an unhealthy endeavor. I used to kind of collect people, and uh, I always wanted to have sex with, like, a different kind of guy. Okay. And like I said before, one-night stands, I always, like, you know, trying them once, like, I thought I had tried them. And it wasn't until I kept kind of trying and then realizing, like, oh, this is pretty fruitless, like, at some point. What age is
0: that realization there. Age? Age, Yeah. Okay, well,
1: for me... um. Probably, uh, probably like 20, 21 for me. I mean, but I, by 21, I, I was, I, <laughs> my 21st birthday, I was terrified because I knew I was killing myself with drinking and I was really, really afraid of like, oh shit, now this is legal for me. And so that was a weird year for me too. And I got like really into hallucinogenic drugs and like expanding my perception and all that shit. So, um, that was a weird year for me. I also... Actually, um, just a side
0: note, do you hallucinogens helped you get to that? I so, um,
1: yes, uh, hallucinogen. I kind of used mushrooms until I could not use them anymore, yeah. and uh, my soul imploded, and, um, it, and that was a big part of uh, me changing my life in general. But also, during that time period, um, uh, I, I was raped by a friend who, you know gave me drugs, I was passed out, and whatever. Um, a friend that systematically was my friend, but nobody that we knew, no mutual friends knew that we even hung out regularly, which was very weird and felt like super, be- like I felt really betrayed by that. and like all, there was there was things there. Um, it was during a time period that I was doing a lot of mushrooms and didn't really remember that whole time period. Um, I had a a guy that was in porn stay at my house for three weeks and made me a sex slave, like, and then he threatened to kill me. That was in that time period. So, like, a lot of things happened in the spring-summer of 2015 that, like, really made me realize, okay, maybe this experiment is going a little bit awry.
0: The you know being an alcoholic do you think that that plays into this scenario or do you well i always wanted
1: something more extreme so i started you know um i started trying to pursue men that had more dangerous careers and more um lives kind of off the deep end and off the grid i had this guy that i met in an rv in arizona come and visit me and like it's just I had so many weird experiences that I was just like, okay, I don't think more people is exactly what I need, um, and I ended up getting in a, oh, I ended up getting the clap, and um, giving it to someone that I went to high school with. Uh, Over a weekend. Now I got my first pap smear on a Thursday and then I had sex with this kid from high school on a Saturday and then I got a call on Monday. Hey, you have chlamydia and that so I was like, hey, uh, you also have chlamydia. So him and I ended up uh, deciding we really enjoy having sex together. Let's do this all the fucking time. And then it became exclusive. And then we got in a relationship. Then we moved in together. Then we moved out. Then we broke up. Then we got back together. And we just like had this roller coaster of a relationship. But that was really the time period that I realized the value in um in getting comfortable with someone sexually. And like that's really when I learned what I'm into was with someone that I was comfortable with sexually. Um, it wasn't, you know, with, when I was shopping around with all these different people, figuring out what I liked. I mean, I tried women one night, and I just, I'm so heterosexual, so it just didn't work for me. I had to take a lot of drugs to, like, get through that, because I really, really wasn't into it. Um, I, I kind of, I wish my experience had a little more, variety in it in that in the gender sense, but it just doesn't because I'm not into that. Um but I learned what I like a butt plug. Um
2: (laughs) you know, like I'm pretty vanilla. I
1: learned that I'm vanilla actually. And that, you know, certain things kind of freak me out. And I was willing to try them but I wasn't really really willing to expand on them. And that's kind of why I was fleety with certain people. And I wasn't maybe as open-minded as I thought. And um, that's really when that happened for me. Uh, In terms of, like, being evolved, um, I've just been, like, I've just had my heart and vagina stamped on so many times that, like, for me to even... Like like I said, I think I'm a Neanderthal. For me to even, like, try to be in a relationship again or try to have, like, sexual relations with people again is insane. But I'm doing it. Try, try again. Trial and error.
0: The, the – how does um, shame not mm. get – because that's the biggest thing that I'm scared of. That I'm, because I'm from, you know, a sexual abuse situation that I found hallucinogens very young and I had the internet so I was able to research why I was most likely abused and then I was able to handle those emotions and the discovery because I was doing hallucinogens. I think I really put a lot of I don't think I, you know, I probably would have snapped if I didn't have the outlet of drugs to help me get through that pain. I certainly did it unhealthily. But like
1: shame,
0: shame was able to be removed from my sexual life because, you know, um, somehow I was able to shake the shame of being, you know, raped as a kid. And, you know, being that you haven't been, I'm sure there is. Uh, shame, regular shame. Just
1: so, uh, Brene Brown um, says that shame uh, is universal, only sociopaths don't have it. And the less you talk about it, the more you have it. And I, right, so I used to be a person that claimed to be shameless. And obviously, I was filled with shame. Of and the, that's when I did some of my most um, selfish and uh, self-destructive sexual acts uh, was when I claimed to be shameless and and I think sex think can be a d- is
0: to hurt yourself
1: yeah I I think I put myself in positions that I I claimed I didn't care that I was being mistreated and I that's all like I I just wanted to feel kind of alive now I, I'm an addict too so I you know any distraction is a good distraction from reality and sex can definitely be a distraction from just the shame that I have in a chronic state, the human condition, you know, sex can definitely um, make me turn the other cheek to how horribly I feel. And and it can also be kind of a vicious cycle in terms of, um, you know, I, uh, oh, you know, I don't have any shame, so let me have sex and show you how shameless I am, and then I have more shame, so then I'll, I'm going to tell you I have less shame. You know, it's pretty, pretty cut and dry how dangerous that can get, and I definitely did fall into that, but... In being communicative and connecting with other people, that's the way out of that cycle I've found in saying like, this is what I need. And also this is what I want. What do you need and what do you want? And maybe we can come to an understanding and help each other get there. And that's where I realized, you know, I don't have to act like I'm shameless. I can incorporate my shame into my sex life and kind of work out some of those kinks yeah. I mean, I can enjoy some, some rapey sex. Now I can enjoy, you know, certain things that, um, would really trigger I used to get super triggered by being choked. I no longer do. So go ahead. You know, uh, there's when I'm honest about myself, I can really bring something to the sexual table, but when I'm not, I'm only taking away from myself. And, and the person that I'm with, probably.
0: So that's what I see like when I look at this situation, I see that school, uh, at least the school I went to, was quite good in their sexual education.
1: Mine was too, yeah. Um, Mr. My Bucklew, RIP.:
0: Quite healthy in their outlook, um, but I still like looking at it, I, I don't see like I don't understand why they don't teach how to love, how to have that conversation. Because it
1: doesn't make money. But, like, <laughs> doesn't sell condoms.
0: Agreed, but like so, then how do we? How do I embark this to a young girl properly?
1: I think you lead by example. I think um, I think you love in all of your relationships, and you you know try to embody that, and we make it look attractive. You know, I can I can say like, hey give blowjobs. They're really, really great. And like, that doesn't necessarily mean it. But if I give you a blowjob and it's really, really great, you know what I'm saying? No, um, I, I don't know. I think, I think leading by example is the only way we can teach anybody. And uh, having this conversation, you know, listening to this is probably ridiculous, but it's probably pretty informative and, and we're comfortable right now. I'm having a great time. I hope you're having a great time. And these kinds of conversations are fun to have. They're exploratory and informative, and if we're coming at it from a place of love, then only good can happen. But if we're coming at it from a place of shame and I'm trying to hurt you with my words or hurt you with my pussy, I'm probably gonna get hurt too, and like only hate's gonna be spread that way. so I don't know, leading by example it's it's hard um it's my mission to teach people about this shit i I don't think. We as a society have a healthy perception of sex at all. I think it's only used to hurt people. Gain. Yeah, it's only used for gain. I mean, it, literally, marketing. Like, look at all of marketing. It's all sexually driven, and it's just to take our money.
0: <sighs> so, on a on a more selfish side, I mean, I realize, like, you know, a lot of these things, I'm sure, you know, River, the, the hopes is River will listen to this. I'm sure some of it... Is gonna be weird to hear, hear. So this is sort of a, a backwards question, but like, where as a father do I not go? Because like one thing that I certainly do feel is I shouldn't be teaching her how to be a woman.
1: <clears throat> <And not clears throat> I have an answer. <laughs> Fathers shouldn't probe. I think that's the. I think that's one oh one. Don't ask questions. questions. You don't need to know anything about I her. Read. You can give her information. And you can say, I'm always here for you to talk. She's not going to want to talk to you <laughs> if she's like me. She's not going to want to talk to you. But, you know, if anything happens to her, you she'll know that you're there for her. And that's really all that's important. Like, there's no reason for you to know anything that she's doing. She should have, you know, and all you can do as a father is support her having a network of people like Kelly or like her mother or her friends or I don't know if she has siblings, but you know it's important that she has an outlet of people like her, women, or maybe she's trans. Who knows? You know, whatever whatever her situation is, it's important she has people to go to, and that you're an option, but that you're not um, kind of. Pressured. A pressure, yeah. You're not asking her any questions or she doesn't have to answer to you sexually. That's no father's job. <laughs> Except for perhaps to their sons. I but no, know. Even still, I think it should just be a lighthearted conversation and it should be open for anyone to share what they want with people they love and maybe not share what they're not ready to share yet. And that's all it really needs to be. I don't think we need to impart any information I think also I want to know it's important that like like I had a sex talk but then I had like another conversation with Mr. Bucklew I had a conversation with my friends I'm having a conversation with you guys now there's no one conversation or one bulk set of information that we can give someone that will help them understand sex this is a lifelong thing it's literally why we're all here is to figure out sex have it well and then eventually procreate or not but, like, it's why we're here and we're not going to understand all the answers. So, like, t- I think we need to take the pressure off and just ask some questions and maybe uh, share some experiences and some love and some kooka juice. <laughs>
0: um, I would say probably then the, maybe the last question would be, you know, I'm trying to think about the best way to word this, but what is – um. If you were to, if I put Christy at fourteen across mm. from you, what is the words of wisdom the that you would embark and impart? Mm. I'm gonna come to you next, so think about it.
1: Christy. Alcohol makes your body work but your brain go to sleep. So when you're blacking out, people will do things to your body that you don't necessarily want them to do when your brain's awake. So maybe don't fucking black out so much and shit won't go down. Also, you're going to do what you want to do and maybe take one less wet mushroom.
0: (laughs) Very fair uh, on that last part. So Kelly... What in sexuality, looking at young Kelly, what do you pass on? What is the lesson? You know, I, I mean, I'm sure everybody has regrets, but since we're in A, we tend to like not harbor on them. But like, so, you know, what is the wisdom you're giving to, to the
2: youth? I guess it's like know your worth. I never knew my worth and just like choose a partner that you were actually attracted to.
0: How do you find that worth?
1: I'd just like the audience to know that Kelly is a smoke bomb. So hot. You're welcome. So how do you find that worth? and
0: i would like to also hear Christy's perspective because like i you know i as a a a straight white male my worth has always been kind of ingrained in me i think so mm. like it's mm-hmm. very different than a woman's perspective
1: i think women have to fight for their worth um i agree and and it's a fucking street fight and especially when, when you're victimized at a young age, I, I can't, honestly, I can't fucking imagine because it was hard enough for me and I wasn't, you know, and, uh, but I mean, any if you see a high school girl, any girl in high school, just give her fucking $500 <laughs> because she's having a hard time and she needs, she needs like a year's worth of Starbucks or something. It's rough. I mean, we are told from every angle that we are not pretty enough, not thin enough, not pure enough, not Not. domesticated enough, not clean enough, not Kardashian enough, whatever the fuck we're told we're not enough. And we're told that men are enough no matter what the fuck they do. And I think that's, you know, I don't know what men are told. I'm not a man, but I'm told that he's enough and I need to get up to his level And I've rejected that my whole fucking life, but it still permeates me and it's so hard to escape and fight off and shake. And the only, I tried to, I tried to escape that by stooping to a man's level and fucking whatever I wanted to. And really all it came down to was self-honesty was that I am who I am. I'm not perfect, but I'm, worthy of love and connection and also an orgasm can we just say that like yes we can. women are worthy of orgasm sex isn't over until i come
0: mm, i agree i, I, I agree, I, I agree too heard been, that always been on that assumption of that
1: grant i think you're gay <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: oh. but just, right, can i just say i love the gays all of you. Obviously. Yeah, loves the game. I, <laughs> <I'm pretty>,
0: <laughs> I, I want to cut it there only because the, the woman's struggle I, That I needs to be a separate conversation.
1: I'd love to have another conversation yeah, with you guys. Yeah, this no, was no, great. I do wanna, I wanna Thank you so it. much for yeah, the I experience. Do. This was great. And I love you guys so much. I love you too. No. Are we done?
0: Yeah, we're done.